Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome into hour number two, and it's time to get a report on the Grand Isle area. Captain Daryl Carpenter of RealScreamers.com, who has one vote to sit on the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission, is joining us now. Hello, Commissioner Carpenter. How are you doing this morning? No, no, no. I'm doing too fine. (laughs) I thought that might be your response. Yeah. Tell us what's going on fishing-wise down there. Well, you know, there's been a a few reports came in this week. Um, It's mostly been redfish and sheephead this week that, that, you know, we're getting reports on. Um, Up toward the Lafitte area, it's been well north of Grand Isle where most people have been fishing. And um, the redfish have been thick. I mean, they're starting to gang up. Well, all week we had, you know, after that last front, we had a lot of low, low water levels. So the fish were ganged up in holes. You found a deeper hole, fins and canals, points, that type of stuff. And when you found the right one, it was just schooled up full of redfish. You had to be really careful running around because the water was low. But, you know, now we've got the southeast wind. You know, we the, the water level has gone from real, real low to way above normal on the tide. So things are going to change a little bit. You're going to start, you know, if you're out there looking for redfish today or ahead of this rain that's coming, you're going to have to start looking in, in toward that marsh grass or in those staging areas between those between those deep holes. So it's, you know, it's that challenging time of the year where you've got to change your tactics every hour or so with the weather changing tactics. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the fish were starting to show up. There was a few trout caught here and there. Not, you know, most people didn't target them this time. This week, they were, you know, most of the reports, like I said, were nothing but redfish or they were beating in marsh. For us, the, uh, the paint came in. UPS truck brought the paint. So we're fixing to get the boat up on blocks and do its annual painting and get everything ready to go. And, you know, March is going to roll around here real soon. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Darrell, I got a question in from one of our listeners, Tommy from Luling. He wants to know about using a favorite hook style and size if you're fishing live shrimp under a cork. I've got my choice. What is yours? Well, we normally go with a number two kale hook, a two-out kale hook. Uh, the kale hooks do well. They turn good. They they hook the fish good, and you know they're versatile. We use them. We use them not just with shrimp, but with the croakers and the other live bait, the minnows and so forth. They, like I said, they've got a good turn. Unless you let that fish swallow it, it's usually a good lip or jaw hook. And you know, I mean, you you just can't beat them. I mean, you can get them in any finish you want. The two alt kale is the deal. Now sheephead fishing. You know, we're going to something like sheephead, then we're going to the cheapest jig heads we can find to keep them from swallowing it. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've actually used the number one kale. I find that that'll handle anything, even up to, to some pretty good-sized redfish. But the number two is good, too. Uh, that would be my choice. And the kale style, that's K-A-H-L-E, Tommy. If you want to look it up, uh, you can find them easy. But I find that's the best one to get a good hook set. And uh, Daryl agrees with that. You know, Dudley use, Dudley Vandenboy uses uh, very small treble hooks with live bait. And he does quite well with them. And believe it or not, a lot of those fish are hooked in the lip for some reason with the treble hook. They really don't swallow them. Or maybe it's just because Doug yeah. is quick on the draw and he doesn't let the fish suck it down in time. Yeah, we uh, we call those handicap hooks. Um, I do keep a box for the kids and, and the people that just have a hard time getting it. You know, uh, it, it's become, I guess it's become real common that, you know, what we're trying to teach people is like, hey, hey, your cork's gone. And they're like, yeah, I know, but I don't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's gone, but I don't feel anything. If you use, you know, you use insert. I mean, you use the treble hooks on on something like that. The problem I have with treble hooks is usually we've got multiple people on the boat. You you got if you got one hook in the fish's mouth, you got two more hook, two more points sticking out somewhere. And right, these people right. aren't, you know, they don't do it every day to know the dangers of it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention every fish it takes a pair of pliers to unhook it. So for yeah. us, it's a time thing. But, yeah, I do keep an emergency box of handicap hooks on the boat. Got it. Dale, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and get in on some of this fishing, uh, you know, it looks like the end of March might be a little warm-up, might be some good fishing there. But certainly by March, tell them how to get you. Oh, yeah, Don. And the, the phone's starting to heat up already, so it's going, it looks like it's going to be another good year. Uh, 225-937-6288. Or they can find most of the information either on your website, which is DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, or on ours, which is RealScreamers.com. Got it, Dow. Thanks, my friend. Well, we need to get together and do some fishing. Been too long, huh? It has been a long time, Don. Well, we got to get down there and enjoy it together. Always fun fishing with you. Uh, Thanks, Dow. Appreciate your reports. All right, there he goes, Captain Darrell Carpenter. Coming up next, another captain, Mike Gallo. We'll find out what his favorite hook single hook now no jig head just a hook putting it underneath the cork maybe a split shot to give it a little bit of weight with a live shrimp if the shrimp is not enough to get it down of course when you see that shrimp come up to the top of the water and he's swimming around your cork with the hook in him you know what's coming next yeah some big speckled trout chasing him around Woo, i love to hear that we'll be back with captain mike after this pause on the outdoors with don dubuque radio network call from mom answer it call silenced Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. And it's time for our Born on the Buyer Report with Captain Mike Gallo. It is a presentation of CETO. You know them. We talk about them all the time. They're the group that for $199 a year gives you a membership where you get unlimited fuel drops. If you run dry, get you towed in 24-7 to the dock or to the repair shop. Jump starts for electrical problems, whatever it takes to get you back safely. CETO, it's like AAA on the water. Peace of mind for you and your loved ones, and it's one phone call or one click away. If you're calling on the phone, call Captain Chris, 504-301-4545, or you can visit CETO.com. Captain Mike Gallo joins us now. And, Mike, let's start off with the question we got in. If you're fishing live shrimp under a popping cork, no jig head, just a plain hook, what's your hook of choice? I like the number two octopus-style hook. Uh, and the reason is it's a small hook. It's simple to get out of small fish without killing them so that, you know, they can get back in the water and hopefully grow up to reproduce and make more fish for us to catch in the future. Yeah, and that is an unusual choice. Where can that be? Is it can be found regularly where tackle sold? Is it easy, easy to find them? Yeah, they're very common. It's just it's an offset J, and then the eye is tilted back on a 45-degree angle, very versatile hook, just like you were stating earlier. I, you know, we catch 40- and 50-pound black drum on those small hooks every year, and we also catch speckled trout that are 8 to 10 inches long, and we can release them, you know, without holding them. When do you decide to go uh, jig headless? In other words, just use a hook like we're talking about as opposed to putting a jig head under a cork. If I'm fishing live bait, I'm going to start out without the jig head. That way the shrimp can swim freely and move about and look as natural as possible. Jig head mostly for dead bait, right? Jig head mostly for dead bait, or if there's more current or deeper water than the, uh, you know, that, that odd depth range of 8 to, say, 12 feet where I don't think I need a drop shot, but too deep to work a cork, that type of scenario. Mike, if somebody's planning a trip uh, this weekend or maybe on Mardi Gras Day in your area, fishing around Lake Bourne, Lake Pontchartrain, Biloxi Marsh, Lake Catherine, you cover a lot of area, what would be your suggestions given the the temperature and the, the tide range and what we're looking at? Well, the Pearl River is relatively high, and we've been having incoming tides during the day. So the Wrigley's and the Lake Parch Train area, that water is kind of stained. It's not as clean as you would like. I made several trips during the week um, with my group of guys from Texas. They're pretty dedicated when it comes to fishing. And where we found fish, we ended up in the Mr. Go and in the intercoastal waterway up around the wall area and caught a mixed bag of fish even using just artificials. We caught bass, and we caught redfish, speckled trout, white trout, and even some of those hybrid stripers. Very good, very good. Mike, any other suggestions? Uh, I guess too early for the bridges. When can we expect maybe to give that a shot on uh, Lake Pontchartrain's Highway 11, I-10, or railroad trestle bridges? I've seen the find that they bite better when our water temperatures reach about 60, 
And this week when I fished, water temperatures would start out in the mid-50s, say 54, and by the end of the day, it may be up to 58. So it won't be long if we continue to have, you know, nice sunny weather and increasing daylight, which we do have. Those water temperatures will come up, and um, it should be a good spring. All right, Captain Mike, thank you for the report. As always, if somebody wants to get you, uh, i got a nice picture and a contact button for you on my website, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. What is your site if they want to go directly there and also the telephone number? Very simple. You can find me at AAofLA.com. We're under Angling Adventures of Louisiana on Facebook. And the reliable telephone is 985 985- Seven eight one seven eight one one. All right, sounds good, Captain Mike. We'll see you soon. Thanks for the report, as always. We appreciate it. All righty, Don. You have a good day as well. All righty, that is Captain Mike Gallo, Angling Adventures of Louisiana. Coming back after this, you like to paddle for your fish? Well, a whole lot of you do. Kayaks is a big going thing. It's growing uh, by the year, leaps and bounds. And uh, Brendan Bayard's in the middle of all of it. He's got some reports and some advice for you if you're going to be headed out this Mardi Gras weekend right here on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. And each Saturday morning, a lot of you look forward to our Paddler's Report, uh, brought to you by... Massey's Outfitters, in conjunction with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, you're going to find Massey's locations, Mid-City, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Covington, in addition to some of the best fishing models for kayaks like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, Native Watercraft. You can also visit their website for a lot of accessories and also those wintertime skiing outfits if you're going to be headed out west. You can also find out about the demo days where you can ride and try before you buy. Go to MasseyOutfitters.com. That's M-A-S-S-E-Y Outfitters.com. Also got a great Facebook page. Brendan Bayard joins us now to talk about uh, wintertime fishing from a kayak. Brendan, what's going on in the world of paddling? Uh, Fishing's pretty good, Don. We've had a warm-up this week. Uh, This time of year, I like to target uh, those windward banks, we're seeing a lot of influx of those really small bait fish and uh, small shrimp are going to start coming in. So you're seeing the little pogies that are almost a dime size come in, and then you, you're you're not seeing them quite yet, but I know they're in the water somewhere. Those, uh, those really tiny shrimp are going to start hatching. Uh, that makes for a nice windward bank fishing. Uh, those, those fish are so small that they kind of get tossed and turned with the water. 
if if I'm out there and there's kind of a breeze stacked up against a bay one side, I'll, I'll t- generally target that side, uh, kind of use the size of those guys getting pushed up against that bank and usually find the fish over there uh, stacked up. Uh, generally, if the water is clean enough, uh, if you're if you're fishing really dirty water, you might not want to fish the uh, windward side. But usually, this time of year, the water's pretty clean, and that's been a good pattern for us. Um, you know, the last month or so, uh, traditionally in in February, early March. Brendan, you got any uh, sockeye uh, crappie uh, trips planned? Are we getting into prime time for sockeye? Yeah, I've been meaning to head over there. The, uh, my my uncle has a, a place over there in Kazan Lake over there in uh, near uh, Chico that I'm, I've been dying to go hit up, and they've been telling me that the uh, sockeye have been really doing well over there. What's your favorite rig up from a kayak fishing for sockeye? Uh, I'm usually bringing kids, so I'm bringing all kinds of stuff with me just <laughs> to ensure that they catch a lot of fish. And, uh, you know, I'm bringing shiners and I'm bringing – tube jigs and you know i'm just fishing everything small under a cork that i can can think of you know uh but you know i'm not i don't claim to be an expert at sockley i've I've caught them on everything i can imagine but uh you know just get out there be patient and try different water depths see if they're against trees see if they're on banks you know sometimes you, you go out there and you see them bedding on the side where you can like visually see them uh, and sometimes, you know, they're, they're a lot deeper. Um, sometimes if I find floating hydrilla or something like that in a deeper area, I'll, I'll get out and, uh, kind of punch through that and, uh, kind of shake that grass and kind of let those little critters that are, that are held up in that hydrilla fall down, uh, and kind of start a feeding frenzy, if you will, kind of, kind of similar to what people do at the bridges at Grand Isle when they take those shovels out and they start scraping barnacles for sheephead. It's, it's kind of that same effect where you're kind of uh, getting the, the fish going below you. And, uh, you know, sometimes that works pretty good as well. Great tip. Uh, a question that came up this morning is, uh, favorite hook style and size if you're fishing speckled trout with live shrimp under a cork? Uh, Captain Robin uh, checked in, and he says that his preference is a number 8 2X bronze treble and due to the lighter weight and the small barbs, the shrimp swim better and live longer. So uh, it's quite a variety. Some people use trebles. I prefer a kale. Uh, uh, also, uh, Mike uses an offset hook called an octopus. What's your go-to hook if you're fishing no jig head, no weight, just a live shrimp under a cork? I used to use a kale hook all the time. Now I use an octopus hook. Probably, I, I don't know, I don't keep up with the sizes. I just keep them in my box. But I would say it's probably around a, uh, a two or a three uh, kale hook, or I mean an octopus hook. But if I'm with kids, I definitely use a treble hook, probably a, a eight or a six. And uh, basically, if they're not paying attention, or if uh, you know they're not too fast to uh, to reel down on on a fish, that that treble hook will save you a lot of headache. So uh, with the kids, it's the treble. For me, it's the octopus. All right, we got a holiday coming up. You catching fish or you catching beads? I'm catching beads, unfortunately. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Take care. All right. Talk to you next time. Brendan Bayard, one of our paddling reporters. All right. I got some more text messages coming in. Let's see. We're hearing from our friend John Terrebone. He's with the Convent Hunting Club. You know what they're doing. They're checking in this weekend. They're en route to go load up the rabbit hounds. 
It's been a long season, he says, a lot of running, hands down. This is the most productive time. Yeah, we've had some really hard cold weather, knocking down that vegetation, clearing the way to make it easier to spot those little bunnies. And uh, he says all the other seasons are over, plus it's been cold and wet. Should be able to get in some good rabbit hunts for these last two weeks of the season. We've been seeing some very good numbers lately, plenty of rabbits for everyone. And I got to tell you, uh, if you've never heard a bawling bunch of beagles strike up on a clear, still morning, whew, put it on your bucket list. you got to do it. Good luck to you, John, you and your crew over there at the Convent Hunting Club. All right, we're going to be right back with more of your text messages. Uh, also got an interesting point brought up about the appointment of a commissioner, which I had forgot about, and I checked into it, and this texter is absolutely right. So we'll be back to talk about that and... Also, a couple of bad boys. We're calling them our co-bad boys of the morning. Their story's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we've been asking you to text in your choices for appointees to the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission. And one of our listeners brought up a point that this open spot is for a commercial representative. And uh, it slipped my mind because, by law, uh, there's seven commissioners. Four of them are chosen at large. Three of them have to be representatives from the commercial or fur industries. And presently we have two, which would be Andrew Blanchard and Kevin Segrera, who both represent commercial fishing industries. So this opening would be for a third commercial fisheries representative. So unfortunately a lot of the people that you have been selecting uh, wouldn't qualify under that designation. And that goes back... To 1952 when this commission was set up, and I really think this whole commission uh, needs to be, uh, and it's going to take a constitution amendment, but I think it's got to be reworked. I think there should be representative from either districts of the state, I think possibly elected positions instead of appointed because then they're accountable to the public. I think this commission needs uh, some serious revamping and reworking. What do you think? All right, our text message board is open at 504-260-1870. Back to your text, plus a bad boy story coming up after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Our Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agents received information that Cody Smith killed a deer from his porch near Bastrop in Morehouse Parish without hunting licenses. The agents made contact with Smith, who admitted to taking an eight-point deer with a rifle on January the 14th without possessing hunting licenses and tags. The agents also learned that Smith used Nicholas Sumrall's deer tag to tag the deer that he himself had harvested. Game tags are not transferable, and of course a basic license, deer license, and tags are required to hunt deer. The eight-point rack was seized, and you can see a picture of it on my Facebook page, and now facing maximum criminal fines of up to $1,050 is 29-year-old Cody D. Smith, and for allowing another person to use his deer tag, looking at a $350 fine is 26-year-old Nicholas Sumrall, both of Bastrop, Louisiana, and our co-bad boys of the outdoors. All right, never run short on bad boy stories. This is an in, Speaking of enforcement agents, this is an interesting release I got this morning. The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement Division agents will be assisting the state police and New Orleans police with patrol during Mardi Gras this upcoming weekend through Wednesday. From last night at 9 p.m. until Wednesday, February the 14th, 
And the new Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Secretary, Madison Shahan, said, we're happy to provide this assistance during a very important and busy weekend in New Orleans. We're hopeful that this increased enforcement will make for a more enjoyable and safer experience for the public. The agents will specifically be on the lookout for illegally possessed animals in the French Quarter for the safety of the residents and tourists. The biologists will accompany the agents to help with the safe handling of any potential seizures of illegally possessed animals. Now, what would be an illegally possessed? Maybe those boa pythons? People bring snakes to Mardi I don't know. I don't do Mardi Gras, and so I don't know what kind of animals would be there. Uh, and it's a fine of $500 if you're caught with the animal, and the animal will be seized. But my question is, is this really the best use of our enforcement agents during a busy outdoor weekend to go do safety in the French Quarter in New Orleans? I understand they do rescues during uh, storms and floods, and, uh, you know, the, the, the wildlife and fisheries agents are called to do an awful lot of jobs outside of uh, protecting the, 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 the fish and game in the state. But uh, to go do crowd control and look for illegal animals, do, and for, I don't know how many of them are going, and that's a long period of time, Friday till Wednesday, maybe they'd be better served out in the woods and on the water. What do you think? And I know we got a lot of agents that listen to this show. If you're a Department of Wildlife and Fishery agent, and you'll remain anonymous, you don't need to include your name, what are your thoughts on being sent to the French Quarter, New Orleans, for duty there instead of protecting and conserving and uh, patrolling the woods and waters, which is your number one job. I don't know. And by the way, if you uh, have not heard it, I had an interview with the new secretary, Madison Shahan. Uh, according to our listeners, the jury's still out. Uh, I have seen some positive things. I'm not so sure this is a good move. What do you think? 504-260-1870. That's our text message board. And I got a few coming in here. This one says, uh, we got a lot of response on the, the lost dog issue. This one says, I may have missed this, but chips implanted in your pet really helps in locating. I don't know that those help locating. Uh, they can be identified. I've always chipped my dogs. And if someone finds a dog and they bring it to a vet, they can observe it and, and find the information of who the owner is. But I don't think it gives off any signals. All right, we got that, and uh, let's see. We want to know, uh, I'm not quite sure what your question is there, Big E from Thibodeau. Maybe you could explain a little bit better because I'm not sure what the question is. We'll try to answer that. All right, also, uh, Jason, my barber, guess what he's doing? He's riding in the Bacchus Parade. Hope you have a good ride, Jason. All right, we'll be back to get to some more of your texts, and also we got a fishing report from Captain Ryan Lambert down the river, DTR they call it. Back with him right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And Captain Ryan Lambert joins us. And, Ryan, I've been asking uh, all the guides this morning, uh, what is their choice for fishing a shrimp, live shrimp, underneath a cork? And I, I guess you wouldn't know because you don't do that. But if you were going to put a shrimp underneath a cork on a single hook, what would it be? I have no clue. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> you have to, have to ask when some you, of when your you, fellow When you guy. ask that question, you, you want to know what kind of cork, what kind of hook, what, what is it that you're asking? I'm just serious. The hook, just the hook itself. What type of hook? Oh, oh. Uh, well, if you if you don't want it weighted, you'd put like a kale hook. But if you want it weighted, a lot of guys just put it on a light jig head, one eight ounce jig head. 
you know, that helps it get down a little faster. But if, yeah. you know, if you fish a fish that you want a slow presentation, then you just put a hook, just a, just a little tail hook or, you know, something like that. Yeah, a little tail hook. <laughs> That's good. You're doing pretty good on something you know nothing about, fishing with live bait. All right, so where are you yeah. this morning? We've we got to put one of I'm those GPS collars on you. Oh, okay, you're in Luling. Yeah, air tag at least, huh? <laughs> something. Yeah, I'm in Luling. I'm going to Forty Austin tomorrow. So I came home, so I spent a day with the family before I take off again. Tell us then, about um, Nolejase. We got a lot of new people listening these days, and they don't they hear us talk about it, but they don't know what it is. Nolejase. Nolejase is my my, uh, my lodge in Mexico. It's about 100 miles south of Brownsville, and it's world-class shooting. I mean, it's incredible for ducks, geese, dove, quail, sandhills, start with white wings in August and we're gonna this might be the last one of the season I'm going on and we still got a lot of ducks. So uh the limits are, are a lot more liberal than they are here, although we do we do limit ourselves. But it's uh it's just impressive. You know, you shoot a case of shells every time you, you go down. How big of a know, place Tina, is the lodge? Yeah. I mean I know you got a lot of regular customers and you stay pretty well booked up. Uh, is it possible for a group to get down there and pick a date when you got some? No, they 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 have to go through one of the owners, and they'd have to go with me or one of my groups. And you know, usually I make all my people that want to go let me know before April, so that when we pick our dates, that I can go. This is my sixth trip this year, so uh, I've been down quite a bit and and had a, a lot of fun, lots of wild quail. That's. That's such a bonus to be able to shoot wild quail these days. I mean, it's they fun and the ducks, pintails and redheads mostly, and uh, it's incredibly limits twenty, so you can really kill some ducks. And speaking of ducks, oh my word, they opened up the the Davis Pond diversion. You ought to see the ducks in the in Lake Katawachi complex, including flocks and flocks of mallards. You wow. flush that salt water out of there and. They love it, you know. It's just they do not like salt water. I've been preaching that for years, and uh, I think every duck hunter in the world ought to get get on them and put that diversion in through the north side of Lake Desalmas, and everyone in St. Charles and St. John and New Orleans area will have a, one heck of a lot of duck area to hunt. Did that have any impact on the Salvador management there? Did you talk? To, I haven't talked to anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's covered with ducks right now. It's covered. I mean, flocks of mallards. I mean, we have seen flocks of mallards in forever. And why all of a sudden that would make them come down? But, I mean, the sky just turns black when you run your boat through there right now. Hmm. It's pretty sight. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a little bit late for the season, but maybe next year we ought to just think about opening Davis Pond during the season and see if that improves the, the hunting efforts. Because yeah, it's, well, it's it's not been good. As low as the river was, do you think they'd get much through there? No, but as soon as the river came up, they opened it up, and it's going nine thousand cubic feet per second, and you know it only flows ten, so yeah. or ten five. So that's that's pretty good, and I mean it made a, a major difference to the ducks, and I'm sure it will for the fish as well. You know, it's just to to flush that out and get that those saltwater fish back toward the Gulf and, and help the catfish and Sakalay and because they don't like saltwater either. I mean, they've pushed all the way back to Lake Buff and at the north end of Lake Desalmas because of saltwater intrusion, especially this year with that river so low. So that's going to help a lot to get rid of that saltwater out of our estuary and, and do a lot of uh, aquatic vegetation for the spring. So that's a good thing. Yeah, well, could restore those areas that far upriver to what they once were. 
which was really a, a, a waterfowler's paradise. Ryan, with this you river coming back up, a lot of fishermen that have been fishing down in your area have gotten accustomed fishing conditions on a very low river. That's all changed now. Remind no, them, how do you doubt. change, where do you go, and how do you fish when the river's up like it's going to be? Well, well you got you got two things that that's hampers your fishing right now. If you're used to fishing in the river, that's over because it's flowing 10-7, something like that, and that's, that's a, a lot, and it's dirty, and it's cold but the biggest thing is the cold water is 42 degrees right down the river because it's coming from up north so you have to get away from that you know a cold-blooded animal like a fish it doesn't take too many degrees of difference to make him go find that spot and, and eat there so uh we're just looking for warmer water and everybody's limiting out every day uh the trout i have to go at the top of the high tide to catch him on the west side and uh, I've been doing that, so they're there. But you got you, you do have to wait. Especially this week, we had uh, some pretty good winds and buff, you know, dirted it up pretty good. But at the top of the high tide, it cleans up and gets pretty, and, and you can catch them. So, you know, I've been fishing the evening when I want to fish trout, and then I've been sight fishing the reds. I'm still doing that. So that's always an easy thing to to get on some reds to sight fish. I mean, that's what I like to do anyhow. Good deal. Well, will you be talking to us uh, from Nolehasi next week, or will you be back? Oh, no, no. Uh, I'll be I'll be back Wednesday. It's Valentine's Day. I can't be away from Miss Corman on Valentine's Day, you know. Oh, indeed. No, plus you got the <laughs> to take care of, too, you know. Yeah, well, it's got, you know, we only go for three-day trips. So it's Sunday through Wednesday and then Thursday through Sunday. That's how we work it. So I'll be back Wednesday, and I got 34 people coming in Thursday night, so I'll be busy. All right, we'll be looking for a Nole Hase report, how the duck season wrapped up down there next week. All right, my friend, we'll do that. All righty, take care. Be careful at right. those parades. I know you love going to parades. Okay, so be careful. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> Unless I go to the Luling Parade today, I might go see see a lot of people because I'm, I'm not around Luling too much anymore, and I miss all my people because I'm always down the river. So I might yeah. make a little pass at the parade today. All right. Thanks for the report as always. We appreciate it. All right, buddy. We'll see you. See you. Captain Ryan Lambert, CajunFishingAdventures.com. You can find out there and also about no le hace, which means what? No worries? No me, no worries? Something like that. All right, we come back after this. Going to get to our text board. Got uh, differing opinions on sending wildlife and fishery agents down to the French Quarter in New Orleans this weekend and doing Mardi Gras. And also we talk about, uh, we say goodbye to a mentor of mine, a man who, uh, was highly responsible for much of the the fisheries research and management that's been done in the Gulf of Mexico. All that's next right here on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, got uh, some interesting texts about the the use of uh, wildlife and fishery enforcement agents in the French Quarter of New Orleans doing Mardi Gras uh, and some other texts too. This one wants to know about the requirement that three members of the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission be coastal parishes representatives of the commercial fishing industry in some manner with the other four being at large. That is correct. Uh, Here's one that says, 100% correct, Don, just another example of how some state officials think they're going to put somebody in jail for taking a picture with a boa constrictor. And this one from Michael in Lafayette. Mr. Dubuque, you are such a remarkable resource of truth and integrity in the field of outdoor sports and politics. Thank you for that. Possibly you should read the bios of each of the Wildlife and Fishery Commissioners for reference of just who we're being guide, we are being guided by, and I am familiar with their bios, and I've uh, the ones that I have observed. There's some new ones there, but 
Most of the ones I've observed lately have been disappointments in the way they conduct their, their business and their meetings. All right, here's one says, uh, got to work today, but going to take the kids to catch beads. Hope to go catch some fish. Trying to keep everybody happy. That's the Irish coon ass. And let's see, here's one that says, wildlife agents on urban Mardi Gras activities, lunacy. Another says, another dumbass Jeff Landry idea. Uh, here's one, Bourbon Street, during Mardi Gras, a problem, especially boa constrictors. And this one says, uh, that's the one that says, I've been in law enforcement for 20 years, and, z- and yes, exotic animals on bourbon are a problem, especially boa constrictors, uh, which get very large and sometimes have poisonous, I'm sure you mean venomous, I don't think any of the boas are venomous, but other snake species might be. And uh, we've even seen anacondas on Bourbon Street and later learned that they were released into the wild in the east. Uh, here's another one. There have been persons in the French Quarter carrying pythons over shoulders and having tourists take pictures with them. Wildlife and fisheries agents are better suited to handle this issue. I guess the question is how many agents and is that their specific mission? They're not really doing crowd control. They're looking for illegal wildlife. This one says the French Quarter Wildlife, in quotations, is not listed in the Wildlife and Fisheries brochure. Keep the agents in the woods and on the waters. And we got a question about a portable castable fish finder that pairs to your cell phone to find water depths and fish from the bank, similar to the depth finder on your boat. Hmm, maybe I'll have to research that and find out about some of those. And here's one says there's been a problem with illegal exotic animals being displayed in the city of New Orleans. NOPD does not have the expertise like the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries biologists and enforcement to deal with these animals. The Enforcement Division has authority to enforce all laws in the state anywhere. This action taken by the agency was to protect the public using the most expert agency to deal with wild animals. I can understand that. But, again, the question is how many agents and how much time will they spend enforcing people taking pictures with boa constrictors? And here's one. Uh, let's see. Uh, last week we lost a pioneer in the fisheries industry, John Hewitt, who was a Navy SEAL veteran and multiple medal honoree, including a Purple Heart, avid diver, marine biologist, uh, tagged redfish for the saltwater series with the late Sam Barbera. He helped design and open the aquarium. Uh, Audubon Aquarium and was their husbandry director for 30 years. R.I.P. John. That's from Ben in Covington. Yeah, I didn't realize he had passed, but I did know John Hewitt, and we did some interviews together, and uh, another great outstanding uh, fisheries marine biologist. All right, well, we say goodbye to another one, and uh, this is the recent passing, if you haven't heard, of Dr. Bob Shipp at age of 81 in Tampa, Florida, Uh, He spent 40 years at the University of South Alabama. He retired as the chair of the Department of Marine Sciences there. He was the author of an incredible book. Uh, The first publication uh, was kind of primitive, and I used it like a Bible, Guide to the Fish of the Gulf of Mexico. And then he came out with a second one. I use his book as a Bible for offshore fisheries in the Gulf. He autographed one for me, and he says, Don, I hope you enjoy this. Here's to great fishing forever, Bob Shipp. A memorial for Dr. Ship's going to be held at the Dolphin Island Sea Lab one week from today, next Saturday. It'll be at the Shelby Auditorium from 1 p.m. till 3 p.m. 
gone but certainly not forgotten, a mentor of mine, Dr. Bob Ship, incredible guy. All right, we'll see you next week. Same time, same place, 5 to 7, outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 